AI chip smuggling into China. Potential paths, quantities, and countermeasures. Institute for AI Policy and Strategy. October 4, 2023. Audio note. Footnotes and inline citations have been omitted from this narration. Abstract. This report examines the prospect of large-scale smuggling of AI chips into China. AI chip smuggling into China is already happening to a limited extent and may involve greater quantities in the future. This is because demand for AI chips is increasing in China, while the US has restricted exports of cutting-edge chips going there. First, we describe paths such smuggling could take, and estimate how many AI chips would be smuggled if China-linked actors were to aim for large-scale smuggling regimes. Second, we outline factors that affect whether and when China-linked actors would aim at large-scale smuggling regimes. Third, we propose six measures for reducing the likelihood of large-scale smuggling. Heading. Short summary. China-linked actors will have increasingly strong incentives to smuggle large quantities of export-controlled AI chips into China. There is a strong demand for AI chips within China today. Chinese tech companies recently placed orders worth $5,000 for non-controlled AI chips. Due to the October 7 export controls on high-performance chips, China cannot import cutting-edge AI chips legally. China's ability to make AI chips indigenously will also likely lag the US and its allies significantly in the next decade. Two factors in particular are increasingly incentivizing China-linked actors to smuggle AI chips. First, since the October 7 controls set fixed performance thresholds, the gap in quality between AI chips available legally to China and AI chips available internationally will grow. Second, China's willingness to spend on AI chips may increase as AI systems get more powerful and useful. AI chip smuggling into China is already happening, though in low volumes. We expect the number of controlled AI chips that will have made it into China in 2023 to be in the hundreds. 95% confidence interval, 25 to 5,000. For comparison, a Frontier AI lab has exclusive access to on the order of tens of thousands of AI chips. Our all things considered view is that China-linked actors would be able to smuggle 5.5 thousand, 95% confidence interval, 150 to 200 thousand, controlled, cutting-edge AI chips in 2025 and then gradually more each year after that, if they were to aim for smuggling large quantities of AI chips, and if there were no specific countermeasures against AI chip smuggling beyond what already exists today. This view also implies a roughly 20% probability that Chinese actors obtain greater than 25,000 AI chips in 2025 via smuggling, given those assumptions. This estimate is highly uncertain, and also aims to capture a rapidly developing situation. We make six recommendations for US policymakers. We have high confidence that BIS should set up a registry of current owners of controlled chips outside the US, and that Congress should allocate more funding to BIS. We also think that further investigation into the feasibility and value of 4. Additional interventions would be beneficial. Stronger due diligence requirements for chip exporters, a licensing requirement for AI chip exports to key third countries, an interagency program to secure the AI supply chain, and promoting end-user verification programs in Southeast Asia. Though China is the country we judge to be most likely to receive controlled AI chips today, preventing AI chip smuggling elsewhere could also be important in the future. Heading. Longer summary. China-linked actors will have increasingly strong incentives to smuggle large quantities of export-controlled AI chips into China. 
there is a strong demand for AI chips within China today. Chinese tech companies recently placed orders worth $5,000 for non-controlled AI chips. Due to the October 7 export controls on high-performance chips, China cannot import cutting-edge AI chips legally. China's ability to make AI chips indigenously will also likely lag the US and its allies significantly in the next decade. Read more. Since the October 7 controls set fixed performance thresholds, the gap in quality between AI chips available legally to China and AI chips available internationally will grow. At the same time, China's willingness to spend on AI chips may increase as AI systems get more powerful and useful. These factors are creating strong incentives for China-linked actors to smuggle AI chips. Read more. Other possible factors affecting whether and when there will be large-scale AI chip smuggling to China include 1. More smuggling when the supply of AI chips legally available in China is lower, for example, due to NVIDIA shifting production capacity away from the Chinese market. 2. More smuggling when it costs less to smuggle AI chips, for example, due to smugglers finding increasingly cost-effective ways of moving chips. 3. More smuggling the lower the expected non-monetary costs of smuggling are, for example, due to AI chip smuggling becoming more common, reducing risks of reputational harm. 4. More or less smuggling depending on the political and personal dynamics within the Chinese party state, and 5. Less smuggling the more the Bureau of Industry and Security, BIS, and other export enforcement groups prioritize combating AI chip smuggling and or are given more resources. AI chip smuggling into China is already happening, though in low volumes. We expect the number of controlled AI chips that will have made it into China in 2023 to be in the hundreds. 95% confidence interval, 25 to 5,000. For comparison, a Frontier AI lab has exclusive access to on the order of tens of thousands of AI chips. There are, however, precedents of large-scale smuggling of other goods, including smuggling of non-AI chips. Read more. Large-scale smuggling would likely happen via one or multiple third countries, with smugglers importing chips in those countries and exporting them from there to China. We tentatively think AI chip smuggling into China is most likely to happen via India, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, the United Arab Emirates, and or Vietnam. However, we have substantial uncertainty here. See summary table of potential re-export countries. Read more. If smugglers want to surreptitiously procure large numbers of AI chips, we think it would be easier for them to do so from multiple countries, and from countries where, in descending order of importance, a. You expect to see a substantial demand for AI chips, b. Rule of law is weak, c. The ruling government either favors China over the West or is neutral between them, and or d. Many people speak a Chinese language. Read more. The main ways smugglers could procure large numbers of AI chips are, 1. To buy chips from multiple distributors, and, 2 to buy chips in bulk directly from chip makers or original equipment manufacturers, OEMs. The latter way allows for higher volumes per seller but also involves stricter vetting for each seller. If smugglers want to surreptitiously transport AI chips from a third country into China, we think it would be easier to do so from countries that, in descending order of importance, a. have high-volume cargo airports and or container ports, b. export a lot of electronics to China, c have ruling governments that either favor China over the West or are neutral between them, d, have a weak rule of law, and or, e, have many Chinese speakers. Read more. 
our all-things-considered view is that China-linked actors would be able to smuggle 5.5 thousand, 95% confidence interval, 150 to 200,000, controlled, cutting-edge AI chips in 2025 and then gradually more each year after that, if they were to aim for smuggling large quantities of AI chips, and if there were no specific countermeasures against AI chip smuggling beyond what already exists today. This view also implies a roughly 20% probability that Chinese actors obtain greater than 25,000 AI chips, in 2025 via smuggling, given those assumptions. To give a sense of scale, the upper bound of this estimate implies that roughly 4% of all controlled, cutting-edge AI chips produced could be smuggled into China in 2025. This estimate is highly uncertain, and also aims to capture a rapidly developing situation. Read more. We base this on, a, the analyses described above, b, back-of-the-envelope estimates of two plausible-seeming smuggling scenarios, described below, c, adding uncertainty around those analyses and estimates, and around the specific strategies that China-linked actors would in fact use in smuggling, d, accounting for limitations of our methodology and focus, and, e, a general sense that smuggling large quantities of AI chips is harder in practice than it seems from afar. We outline two potential scenarios of smugglers diverting large numbers of controlled, cutting-edge NVIDIA GPUs into China, set in 2025. These are the two distinct regimes we can think of that allow for the largest quantities of AI chips to be smuggled into China. We think both of these are plausible if China-linked actors aim to make them happen. However, the specific estimates below are highly uncertain. Read more. A first smuggling regime involves China-linked actors setting up multiple shell companies in each of multiple third countries, and using those to place small orders with NVIDIA distributors. We back of the envelope estimate that such a regime would smuggle 1.5 thousand, 95% confidence interval, 10 to 190,000, NVIDIA GPUs into China in 2025, and then gradually more each year after that. We further estimate that it would involve Chinese actors getting a reduction in GPU price performance of 20%, 95% confidence interval, 0.4% to 96%, compared to other buyers, due to smuggling-related costs. Read more. A second smuggling regime involves China-linked actors setting up real cloud service providers as fronts in third countries using those to place bulk orders with NVIDIA OEMs directly, and then transporting a large fraction of the GPUs to China. We back of the envelope estimate that such a regime would smuggle 14,000, 95% confidence interval, 900 to 210,000, NVIDIA GPUs into China in 2025, and then gradually more each year after that. We further estimate that it would involve Chinese actors getting a reduction in GPU price performance of 3%. 95% confidence interval, 0.2% to 41%, compared to other buyers, due to smuggling-related costs. Read more. We make six recommendations for U.S. policymakers. We have high confidence that BIS should set up a chip registry, and that Congress should allocate more funding to BIS. We also think that further investigation into the feasibility and value of 4. Additional interventions would be beneficial. Stronger due diligence requirements for chip exporters, a licensing requirement for AI chip exports to key third countries, an interagency program to secure the AI supply chain, and promoting end-user verification programs in Southeast Asia. Read more. A chip registry would involve creating a reporting requirement for exports of high-performance AI chips and computers containing them, with BIS collating and updating that information centrally in a database or spreadsheet. 
this information could, 1, inform existing BIS activities, 2, enable the establishment of a random chip inspection, mail-in program, 3, provide BIS and the US government with a strategically important awareness of concentrations of large volumes of AI chips, 4, reduce regulatory uncertainty for BIS and AI chip exporters, and, 5, improve market access for AI chip exporters. Read more. A budget increase in the ballpark of $50,000 would substantially reduce the probability of large-scale AI chip smuggling happening, for example by paying for some of the other interventions recommended in this report. When adjusted for inflation, BIS's budget for core activities has only increased marginally since fiscal year 2018, even as the scope of BIS's mission expanded to include AI chips and related semiconductor tooling in that time. Read more. Though China is the country we judge to be most likely to receive controlled AI chips today, preventing AI chip smuggling elsewhere could also be important in the future. For example, rogue states and dangerous non-state actors may aim to develop AI systems with dangerous bioengineering, chemical, or cybersecurity capabilities. The recommendations in this report could also serve as building blocks for AI chip non-proliferation more broadly. Introduction there is a strong demand for AI chips within China today. The prices of NVIDIA graphical processing units, GPUs, in China have risen substantially, with some orders expected to take over half a year to be delivered. Major Chinese tech companies recently placed orders for NVIDIA GPUs adapted for the Chinese market worth a total of $5,000. NVIDIA's GPUs, the latest model is the H100, 2022, which follows on from the A100, 2020, currently represent the state-of-the-art in hardware for training machine learning-based AI models. On October 7, 2022, the United States instituted wide-ranging export controls targeting China's access to high-performance chips, including AI chips. In addition to placing controls on the equipment, materials, and software to make chips, the October 7 controls also prevent the export to China of logic chips and devices that contain them, that have a computational performance and interconnect bandwidth similar to or greater than the A100. Since the NVIDIA A100 and H100 both meet these thresholds, NVIDIA has created versions of those chips with reduced interconnect, the A800 and H800, that are sold only to the Chinese market. These export controls are enforced by the Bureau of Industry and Security, BIS, which is a part of the U.S. Department of Commerce. The upshot for the purposes of this report is. 1. There is an enormous and growing demand for cutting-edge AI chips in China. 2. China cannot import cutting-edge AI chips legally. Since the thresholds are fixed, the gap in performance between the chips it can buy legally and the state of the art will grow over time. 3. China's ability to make AI chips indigenously will likely lag the US and its allies significantly in the next decade. That means there are strong incentives for China-linked actors to smuggle large quantities of controlled AI chips. In fact, AI chip smuggling seems to already be happening now, albeit at a small scale. See AI chip smuggling today. A smuggling regime of sufficient scale and efficiency would partly void the restrictions placed by the US on high-performance AI chips. By sufficient scale, we somewhat arbitrarily mean greater than 25,000 chips per year of either of the two latest generations of NVIDIA GPUs, currently, the A100 and H100. According to one estimate, that is about the number of NVIDIA A100s that OpenAI used to train GPT-4. Obtaining 25,000 state-of-the-art chips per year should be able to sustain at least one Chinese AI lab, at least for the next five or so years.
For comparison, a Frontier AI lab currently uses on the order of tens of thousands of AI chips. As of July 2023, Inflection plans to build a cluster of 22,000 NVIDIA H100s. Inflection AI, 2023. In 2022, Meta started building out a cluster of 16,000 NVIDIA A100s. Starting around 2019, Microsoft built a cluster of tens of thousands of NVIDIA A100s for its partner OpenAI. Baidu, ByteDance, Tencent, and Alibaba recently ordered about 500,000 NVIDIA A800s collectively to be delivered in 2023 and 2024. Though China is the country we judge to be most likely to receive controlled AI chips today, it is not the only country that is prevented from importing cutting-edge AI chips. The US also controls exports of these chips to Belarus, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and Syria. If at some point the US eases the restrictions on AI chip exports to China, preventing AI chip smuggling elsewhere could still be important. For example, rogue states and dangerous non-state actors may aim to develop AI systems with dangerous bioengineering, chemical, or cybersecurity capabilities, and could in some cases do so even with relatively few AI chips, by fine-tuning models bought or stolen from the West. The recommendations in this report, though primarily aimed at curbing AI chip smuggling into China, could also serve as building blocks for AI chip non-proliferation more broadly. The remainder of this report looks at 1. What do BIS and others do currently to detect and prevent smuggling? 2. How feasible is it for China to obtain large numbers, greater than 25,000, of controlled, cutting-edge AI chips? 3. Will China-linked actors aim for large-scale smuggling of AI chips? 4. What could US policymakers do to stop or slow such smuggling? Heading. How the US typically enforces export controls. The enforcement of US export controls such as the October 7 controls on high-performance chips, export enforcement, is carried out through the combined efforts of multiple parts of the US government, mostly centered on the Department of Commerce, and in particular BIS. To our knowledge, there is currently no US enforcement activity specifically targeting AI chip smuggling. This section discusses export enforcement in general. Within BIS, most enforcement action happens within or in collaboration with the Office of Export Enforcement, OEE, and the Office of Enforcement Analysis, OEA. The OEE within BIS is responsible for reviewing export licenses, investigating possible export control violations, prosecuting violators, carrying out on-site inspections, interdicting illegal shipments, and educating companies involved in exports, among other things. OEE employs 150 to 200 special agents stationed around the world. The OEA within BIS is tasked with supporting OEE. OEA's responsibilities include analyzing foreign importers and other transaction parties, such as carriers or freight forwarders, as part of the license review process, monitoring end uses and end users, identifying suspicious inquiries, for example, prospective customers reaching out to exporters asking if they are willing to make unusual shipment arrangements and alerting U.S. companies about those, and developing investigative leads on potential export control violations. Broadly speaking, OEA works to provide information and analysis for other parts of BIS, including OEE. OEA runs the Export Control Officer, ECO, program. ECOs are stationed around the world, in places where they can usefully, consistently, and safely do end-use and end-user checks. Besides carrying out inspections, they're also responsible for liaising with foreign governments and conducting training, 
Compliance activities with foreign businesses and government agencies. BIS currently has nine ECOs overseas, including two in Beijing, China, one in Hong Kong, China, one in New Delhi, India, one in Singapore, and one in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. Each ECO is responsible for a region beyond the city they are stationed in. For example, the ECO in India is also responsible for Pakistan and Sri Lanka, and the ECO in Singapore is also responsible for Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, Thailand, and Vietnam. Typically, an ECO works alongside a local employee who acts as guide, translator, and assistant. In 2021, ECOs carried out about 1,000 end-use checks in 49 countries. Roughly one-tenth of these checks were pre-licensed checks, verifying buyers' bona fides and the information given in the license application, and nine-tenths were post-shipment verifications, verifying that goods were shipped and are being used as intended. Historically, BIS has had problems carrying out timely end-use and end-user checks in China, with visits often having been delayed or outright aborted. We are unsure whether this is a problem in other countries today, but expect that it could be, at least in countries that are geopolitically more closely aligned with China than the West. If BIS discovers evidence of export control violations, it can take various punitive actions. It can prosecute and or fine people, companies, and other organizations. Here's a list of bullet points. A violation of the U.S. export controls is a violation of U.S. law. Whether or not the U.S. can prosecute, fine exporters that violate U.S. law depends on whether those exporters have a presence in the U.S., whether they are based or temporarily located in a country that has an extradition treaty with the U.S., and whether the U.S. can cooperate with the foreign country to prosecute or fine the exporter. In some cases, exporters also violate local law and as a result the local government may prosecute them with assistance from the U.S. OEE works with the Department of Justice to prosecute people for violating export control laws, and with the Office of Chief Counsel for Industry and Security to levy administrative fines against companies. In 2021, BIS attained convictions of 50 individuals and companies, up from around 30 to 40 most years 2016 to 2020 comprising about $2.8,000 of fines and 93 years of imprisonment. That year, OEE also levied $9.7,000 in administrative penalties against companies. However, criminal prosecutions need high standards of proof and years of work, and cross-border cases sometimes suffer from a lack of local cooperation and or extradition treaties. Civil penalties such as asset freezes and contract bans are generally faster than criminal prosecution that's the end of the list. It can place entities, individuals and organizations, on the entity list, the unverified list, and the denied persons list, restricting future exports, re-exports, and in-country transfers going to those entities. The exact items that are restricted for each entity are specified in the list, but typically includes all items controlled by BIS, subject to EAR. It can interdict illegal shipments and seize surreptitiously procured goods. It can work with foreign governments to shut down shell and front companies. However, it can take years to uncover illegal activities tied to shell companies, and new shell companies can be set up in days. It can issue temporary denial orders, TDOs, to prevent imminent export violations by revoking an entity's right to export or import controlled goods, and or to otherwise participate in transactions involving controlled goods. A general challenge that BIS faces is a lack of resources. 
In recent years, BIS's budget has remained stagnant in real terms even as the scope of its mission has expanded, and many BIS resources are currently taken up with enforcing controls on Russia in the wake of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. BIS agents and analysts are also often stuck with outdated tools and lack some relevant data sets. In total, BIS employs about 550 full-time equivalents, FTEs, of whom roughly 240 FTEs work on export enforcement, roughly 210 FTEs on export administration, and 100 FTEs on management and policy. Homeland Security Investigations, HSI, a division of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, under the Department of Homeland Security, also investigates, among much else, illegal exports of controlled technology. It has staff stationed in Cambodia, China, India, the Philippines, Thailand, and Vietnam, among other countries. HSI has broad legal authority to enforce a diverse array of federal statutes involving cross-border activity, including violations related to the Export Administration Regulations, EAR, of which the October 7 chip controls are a part. Our impression from talking with experts is that, while BIS relies to some extent on tips from industry for investigative leads, investigations by HSI, and the Departments of State and Justice, are more likely to be triggered by intelligence. There are some incentives for companies to surface red flags to BIS. First, it can reduce the chance that the company violates export law. Second, if an export law violation occurs, having surfaced red flags and or even disclosed the violation itself to BIS is an extenuating circumstance. In parallel with these groups, there are several interagency collaborations. At HSI, there is the Export Enforcement Coordination Center, E2C2, which coordinates the export enforcement activities of various U.S. departments and agencies. E2C2 is managed by a director from HSI, a deputy director from BIS, and a deputy director from the Department of Justice, though it also has representatives from other departments, including the Departments of Defense, Energy, State, and Treasury. U.S. state and local agencies also participate, for example, the New York Department of Justice has an export enforcement coordinator. E2C2's main purpose is to make sure department's agencies do not duplicate each other's work, and that each case is assigned to a single department agency. Historically, there has been some friction between department's agencies over who gets assigned which cases. Generally department's agencies want prestigious cases like those involving large quantities of drugs partly since these are opportunities for career advancement. Once leadership is assigned, the relevant department's agencies should in theory cooperate with each other. However, in practice they often do not, or there is only limited cooperation, as the department's agencies that were not assigned leadership are not incentivized to help the investigation. However, we think that large-scale AI chip smuggling would be seen as strategically important by the White House and as a result we expect BIS to get substantial support from other agencies for cases involving large-scale AI chip smuggling. The disruptive technology strike force, see below, seems like further evidence of increasing relevant cooperation within the US government. The Information Triage Unit, ITU, which exists within the OEA, is an interagency information sharing group, mainly informing license application reviews. The Disruptive Technology Strike Force, announced in February 2023, is focused on investigating and prosecuting export law violations. It is led by BIS together with the National Security Division of the Department of Justice, and works closely with the FBI, HSI, and local U.S. attorneys' offices. 
As of August 2023, it has resulted in charges against at least four people, though, as far as we can tell, in no charges related to AI chips or advanced semiconductor tooling, perhaps because there has so far been little smuggling of those goods. The US is also coordinating with the other Five Eyes countries, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom, on export enforcement, including by sharing information and carrying out joint investigations. Will BIS have an accurate picture of AI chip smuggling? We are unsure about this. Two weak reasons to believe that it will are that evidence of smuggling may leak out via news reports, as seems to have already happened for small-scale smuggling, and that the US government has access to classified intelligence. In any case, the more important question is whether BIS will know whether, and if so, when and how, large quantities of AI chips are being smuggled. We see it as somewhat likely, perhaps a 70% chance, that, if greater than 25,000 cutting-edge AI chips were in fact smuggled per year, and assuming there are no specific countermeasures against AI chip smuggling, BIS would suspect that large quantities of AI chips were being smuggled within a year of that threshold first having been reached. Suspecting that should be enough for BIS and others to allocate substantial resources, if not to combating the problem, then at least to assessing its scope before taking next steps but it seems worthwhile to increase BIS's visibility into smuggling and the efficacy and expected speed of response. We propose six interventions aimed at achieving those and other goals in recommendations for U.S. policymakers. Heading. Pathways and feasibility of large-scale smuggling. This section outlines potential paths that AI chip smuggling into China could take, and evaluates the feasibility of large-scale smuggling along those paths. Using these and other considerations, we come up with an all-things-considered view of how many controlled, cutting-edge AI chips China-linked actors would smuggle in 2025. We use the following approach. We imagine what plausible smuggling regimes could look like if China-linked actors aimed at procuring large numbers of controlled AI chips. We then make estimates of how many chips would be smuggled were such regimes to be implemented. Whether China-linked actors would in fact aim at large-scale smuggling of AI chips is beyond the scope of this section. See will China-linked actors aim for large-scale AI chip smuggling? We focus on what will happen in 2025, and assume AI chip supply and demand to have normalized somewhat by then. See two possible smuggling regimes for more on this assumption. We stipulate that BIS and other enforcement actors have roughly the same amount of resources as they currently do, though they may direct a larger portion of those resources towards AI chip smuggling into China. We also stipulate that there would not be any new countermeasures specifically targeting AI chip smuggling, such as those proposed in this report. All three of those choices, stipulating that China-linked actors will aim at large-scale smuggling, situating the estimates in 2025 and stipulating that BIS and others will not have increased resources and will not enact specific countermeasures, result in our estimating more successful smuggling than is our unconditional best guess about how the future will unfold. But note that at least the third choice seems appropriate for informing decisions about whether to implement countermeasures, otherwise the chance of new countermeasures would implicitly be treated as a reason to think those countermeasures are unnecessary. Subheading. All things considered view. Our all-things-considered view is that, were China-linked actors to aim for smuggling large quantities of controlled, cutting-edge AI chips, and without specific countermeasures beyond what already exists today, they would be able to smuggle 5.5 thousand, 95% confidence interval, 150 to 200 thousand, AI chips in 2025 and gradually more after that. 
that view gives a probability of roughly 20% that China obtains greater than 25,000 AI chips in 2025 via smuggling, given those assumptions. We base this view on the analysis of smuggling pathways outlined in routes into China below. The analysis of current enforcement activities outlined in how the U.S. typically enforces export controls above. The estimates of NVIDIA GPU smuggling outlined in two possible smuggling regimes below, and accounting for the fact that those regimes only involve smuggling of NVIDIA GPUs, whereas in the future there may be additional suppliers of cutting-edge AI chips. Those are the two distinct regimes we can think of that allow for the largest quantities of AI chips to be smuggled into China. That does not mean they are necessarily the best that China-linked actors can do, or what China-linked actors will in fact do. For example, plausibly either of the regimes could be expanded to include additional re-export countries, and plausibly China-linked actors would in reality aim for more, or less, ambitious regimes, and or for multiple regimes in parallel. We estimate Regime 2 to achieve substantially larger volumes than Regime 1. Does that mean China-linked actors are more likely to aim for something like Regime 2 rather than something like Regime 1? We are uncertain. Regime 2 is more ambitious and requires more planning and a larger upfront investment. Incorporating reasonable amounts of uncertainty around the above analyses and modeling choices, and around the specific strategies China-linked actors would in fact use to smuggle large volumes of AI chips. Accounting for some of the limitations of the above analyses and estimates. A general sense that smuggling large quantities of AI chips is harder in practice than it seems from afar. We are aware of only one previous estimate of AI chip smuggling quantities. Pollock, 2023, very roughly estimates that about 50, 95% confidence interval, 0 to 40,000, NVIDIA A100s will be diverted to China in a given year. Assuming a log-normal distribution, this would imply about 3% probability that greater than 25,000 A100s are diverted per year. Given that more recent news reports have shown evidence of non-zero smuggling, Pollock's estimate should probably be revised upwards, in particular by removing probability mass around 0 A100s per year. Keeping the same upper bound, a 95% confidence interval at 10 to 40,000 A100s per year gives a median of 2,000 and a probability of 4% that greater than 25,000 GPUs are smuggled per year. This estimate is substantially lower than our all-things-considered view, which is partly explained by the fact that it only concerns NVIDIA A100s. Subheading. Routes into China. This section covers pathways that AI chip smuggling into China could plausibly take. First, we discuss the feasibility of surreptitiously procuring AI chips for re-export, and second, the feasibility of surreptitiously transporting AI chips to China. Often, procurement and transport happens via third countries, either clearing customs there, re-export, or being warehoused in a customs area without clearing customs, transshipment, before being transported to the next or final destination. We came up with a set of third countries to focus on by first assuming that AI chip re-export was unlikely to happen via Western countries, and then gradually narrowing down the set of countries by looking at various types of data, as described below. Subheading. Summary table of potential re-export countries. Table 1 summarizes our analysis of re-export countries. The feasibility of procuring AI chips column shows our overall view, given the assumptions made at the beginning of this section, of whether it is feasible to surreptitiously procure AI chips in a given country, 
See feasibility of surreptitiously procuring AI chips for re-export for a description of the considerations feeding into this view. Similarly, the feasibility of shipping to China column shows our overall view of whether it is feasible to surreptitiously transport AI chips from a given country into China. See feasibility of surreptitiously transporting AI chips to China. Table 1 lists all the countries that we consider to be important potential re-export countries, and also some countries that are notable for other reasons, for example, due to being a land neighbor of China, like Laos, or due to ranking moderately high on some of the factors we consider, like Brazil. We consider as a potential re-export country any country where a. It is clearly feasible to either surreptitiously procure chips or surreptitiously transport them to China, and b. Both of those activities are at minimum may be feasible. However, we do consider the former activity, procuring chips, to be somewhat more important, as it seems harder overall to procure controlled AI chips than to transport them to China, given that there are so few producers of cutting-edge AI chips. Table 1. Potential re-export countries. There's a table here in the text. Table 1. Summary of potential re-export countries. Bolded countries are those we judge to be the most important potential re-export countries. To sum up, we tentatively think AI chip smuggling is most likely to happen via India, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, the United Arab Emirates, and or Vietnam. However, we have substantial uncertainty here. The list should be updated as more information about smuggling becomes available. For example, we could see further reports of AI chip smuggling activities through some of these countries or reports that companies in some of these countries buy large numbers of AI chips. We would also expect BIS's access to classified information to help it compile a more informative list of potential re-export countries. Subheading. Feasibility of surreptitiously procuring AI chips for re-export. If one is to smuggle AI chips into China, the first step is to obtain AI chips. You can obtain either the chips or servers housing the chips. Servers are computers that provide services, typically specialized for specific workloads, housed in data centers, and lacking the terminals that personal computers have. You will typically want to buy servers, since those are ready to be used in a data center, and since they contain interconnect chips, which, like AI chips, are in scarce supply. This section discusses methods of obtaining AI chips and servers, challenges of large-scale smuggling, and factors determining how feasible it is to procure AI chips in a given country as well as how relevant countries do on those factors. Subheading. Methods of obtaining AI chips. Taking cutting-edge NVIDIA GPUs as an example, see why the scenarios only concern NVIDIA GPUs. There are a few ways of legally obtaining such GPUs. First, you can buy used GPUs, use servers containing GPUs, or access stock from large-scale buyers like major US firms. It seems some NVIDIA GPUs on the Chinese black market are procured this way today. However, you can probably only ever obtain small quantities and or older models in this way, given that companies probably tend to use the GPUs that they own while they are still near the cutting edge. Therefore, we think this approach is unlikely to scale up to large volumes. Second, you can buy GPUs or servers from distributors, or servers from original equipment manufacturers, OEMs. NVIDIA has a partner program, the NVIDIA Partner Network, with, among other things, distributors that resell NVIDIA products, and OEMs that use NVIDIA technology in servers sold under their own brand.
There are relevant NVIDIA partner distributors in potential re-export countries, including India, Indonesia, Malaysia, Mexico, the Philippines, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, the United Arab Emirates, and Vietnam. See summary table of potential re-export countries. Looking at some of these distributors' websites, they sometimes sell GPUs and sometimes servers. Distributors typically don't stock large quantities of GPUs or servers even when there is no major AI chip shortage. It is possible that some NVIDIA GPUs on the Chinese black market are procured this way today, via shell companies or middlemen in other Asian countries. OEMs build servers containing NVIDIA GPUs and sell those servers to customers. Take for example the NVIDIA HGX H100. It is a reference design made by NVIDIA, using 4 or 8 H100 chips sourced from NVIDIA, and, once built, certified by NVIDIA, but customized, built, and sold by OEMs. NVIDIA also has its own server platform, the DGX series, that only NVIDIA sells. NVIDIA's website lists 22 certified OEMs, including many based in China, Japan, and especially Taiwan. Buying from distributors typically involves little to no interaction with NVIDIA. But buying from OEMs does involve conversations with both the OEM and NVIDIA. NVIDIA controls which customers are allocated products and when, even when those customers order from OEMs. Third, you can buy servers directly from NVIDIA. Major tech companies and cloud service providers often negotiate orders directly with NVIDIA, either when ordering directly from NVIDIA or when ordering from OEMs. For example, Alibaba and ByteDance recently ordered large quantities, five or low six figures each, of GPUs directly from NVIDIA. Working directly with NVIDIA can give those major companies, one, preferential access to large quantities when there is a supply shortage, allocation, and, two, lower prices. We think that, even when negotiating directly with NVIDIA, the buyer does not actually place the purchase order with NVIDIA, rather the purchase order goes to a partner. However, NVIDIA is deeply involved throughout the process. There are also ways of illegally obtaining AI chips outside China, for example, by diverting shipments or even burglarizing data centers or warehouses. But given that this seems risky, carrying a substantial chance of detection, and also hard to scale up sufficiently, we do not think illegally obtaining AI chips outside China is a promising route for AI chip smugglers. Based on regulatory filings by NVIDIA, its production process for AI chips likely comprises the following steps. 1. The chips are fabricated by TSMC in Taiwan. 2. The chips are shipped to one or more companies that do testing and chip packaging, AMCA, Qingyuan, and or Siliconware, possibly in Taiwan, or otherwise elsewhere in the Asia-Pacific. 3. The chips are shipped to NVIDIA for quality assurance but we are unsure whether these NVIDIA facilities are located in the US, in Taiwan, or elsewhere. 4. The chips are shipped to an electronics manufacturer, Foxconn, for product packaging, likely either in Taiwan or Hong Kong, China, or otherwise elsewhere in the Asia-Pacific. 5. The final products are shipped to customers, retailers, distributors, and OEMs, perhaps first being stored in a regional warehouse. We think it is likely, perhaps an 80% chance, that the only way smugglers could obtain greater than 25,000 NVIDIA GPUs per year, would be to either buy modest quantities of GPUs from each of many distributors, and or buy GPUs or servers in bulk directly from NVIDIA and or OEMs. That means we think smugglers are unlikely to rely on buying up stocks of used GPUs.
It also means we think there is unlikely to be large-scale diversion happening prior to the point of sale, for example, between steps, 4, and, 5, above. That is because we would expect NVIDIA to closely track goods moving through its supply chain, and to quickly detect if a substantial fraction of goods were being diverted. Also, chips diverted earlier in the supply chain can be less useful to obtain, since they may not have been packaged or tested. Subheading. Challenges of large-scale smuggling. There are two main challenges for actors aiming to smuggle large large quantities of NVIDIA GPUs. First, NVIDIA is very likely to vet its customers. We are somewhat unsure exactly how thorough the checks NVIDIA makes are, but we expect large exporters like NVIDIA to take compliance seriously. Generally speaking, large companies that export potentially sensitive goods have extensive, well-defined compliance procedures, and teams of hundreds of people working only on compliance. Incentives pushing companies to vet their customers include, 1. Wanting to adhere to the law, 2. Avoiding legal action, 3. Avoiding negative reputational outcomes, and, 4. Growing their business. The main reasons why companies would not do diligent vetting is that it takes time and costs money. However, smugglers can set up legitimate-looking shell companies. If they are more ambitious, they can set up actually legitimate front companies. Whereas a shell company is an inactive company that essentially exists only on paper, without any legitimate business activity, a front company is an active company that conducts legitimate business as a way of concealing ongoing illicit activities. This could, in theory at least, fool not only BIS but also NVIDIA and its distributors. Also, there is the possibility of an insider at NVIDIA being open to selling to a company even though there are red flags. This could be because they have been bribed or otherwise convinced, because they want to earn a promotion with a big sale, or for some other reason. Second, sufficiently large orders may attract unwanted scrutiny. For example, if NVIDIA suddenly gets major orders for H100s from tiny companies in Laos, an anomalous event, that may cause NVIDIA to do stricter due diligence, and or it may cause BIS, to whom NVIDIA could have flagged this, to start an investigation and or carry out on-site inspections. If there is suddenly a major increase in the number of NVIDIA GPUs exported to, say, Vietnam, that could cause US export enforcement bodies to allocate more resources to investigating chip smuggling via Vietnam. However, smugglers can mitigate this by placing orders via different companies, from different distributors, and or in different countries, and by placing orders from legitimate seeming ventures. NVIDIA is the only chip maker producing cutting-edge AI chips today, but in the next few years, models from other chipmakers could also present important smuggling targets. We would expect the considerations about procurement of NVIDIA GPUs mentioned above to largely apply also to other AI chipmakers. One exception could be young startups like Cerebras, which likely have less comprehensive due diligence processes and less experience with export law compliance. Subheading. For factors determining procurement feasibility. We have broken down the feasibility of procuring AI chips in a given country into four factors. If smugglers want to surreptitiously procure substantial quantities of AI chips, we think it would be easier to do so from countries where, in descending order of importance, a. You expect to see a substantial demand for AI chips, C. Demand for AI chips, B. Rule of law is relatively weak, C. Rule of law, C. The ruling government either favors China over the West or is neutral between them, C. Geopolitical alignment, and or, D. Many people speak Chinese, C. Common language. Below, we discuss why these factors matter and how relevant countries fare on these factors. Subheading.
Demand for AI chips. We think demand for AI chips is one of the strongest signals for how feasible it is to surreptitiously procure AI chips in a country for later smuggling into China, since large orders of AI chips being made from unexpected countries is an obvious red flag for AI chip makers. We use four proxies to get a sense of how much demand one should expect to see in various countries over the next few years. How much electronics is imported into a country generally, how much a country invests into AI how many data centers there are in a country, and how many NVIDIA partner distributors are located in a country. There's an image here in the text. Figure 1. Plots showing, top left, office and telecommunication equipment imports by country in 2021, top right, total private investment in AI by country in 2021, Stanford Institute for Human-Centered Artificial Intelligence, 2022, bottom left the number of Google data centers by country, according to its 2023 ISO 27001 certificate. And, bottom right, the number of AWS Edge locations by country, according to its 2022 ISO 27001 certificate. Countries that we have judged to be unlikely re-export locations based on prior knowledge, on priors, are marked in grey. We expect the total value of a country's electronics imports to correlate with demand for AI chips since countries that rank high on these will tend to have greater adoption of emerging technologies, a more tech-savvy workforce, and higher economic development generally. Also, the fact that a country imports a lot of electronics may in itself make it appear more normal to import AI chips there, though we think this effect is small. Singapore, Taiwan, Vietnam, Mexico, Malaysia, India, the United Arab Emirates, Thailand, the Philippines, Brazil, and Indonesia all import substantial amounts of electronics, see figure 1, top left. The South and Southeast Asian regions stand out here. Southeast Asia's tech industry is growing rapidly. In 2022, Singapore had 1,157 startup companies with greater than $1,000 funding raised, Indonesia 285, and Malaysia 146. Other fast-growing countries on this measure were Vietnam, 138, the Philippines, 89, and Thailand, 86. The development of a country's tech industry is connected to AI chip demand because, a, we expect it to be weakly correlated with the development of its AI industry, and, b, some AI chips have many applications that do not directly relate to AI, such as machine learning models for automated trading or complex physical simulations. For example, an NVIDIA executive has called Vietnam one of the fastest-growing markets for AI in Southeast Asia. We expect a country's private investment in AI to correlate with demand for AI chips, since countries that rank high on these will tend to have domestic high-tech industries with workforces skilled in machine learning and AI, and since much research and development of AI systems depends on access to compute. Figure 1, top right, shows the top 15 countries in AI investment, which include India, Singapore, and the United Arab Emirates. The United Arab Emirates has reportedly also secured access to thousands of NVIDIA chips as of August 2023, and is developing its own large language models. Saudi Arabia has recently ordered at least 3,000 NVIDIA H100s, and is also planning to develop its own large language models. We expect how many data centers are located in a country to correlate with demand for AI chips since AI labs need compute, in the form of AI chips, and other cloud services, and cloud providers, and others who operate data centers will tend to build more data centers in countries and regions where there is demand for such cloud services. There are Google data centers in India, Singapore, Brazil, Chile, Qatar, and Taiwan, see figure 1,
bottom left. There are two AWS data centers in India, and a single AWS data center in each of Bahrain, Brazil, Indonesia, Singapore, South Africa, and the United Arab Emirates. There are also AWS Edge locations in India, Thailand, Argentina, Taiwan, Brazil, Chile, Indonesia, the United Arab Emirates, and Vietnam, see figure 1, bottom right. In Southeast Asia, Indonesia in particular has one of the largest markets for cloud services, and companies like Alibaba, Amazon, Microsoft, and Google are either operating or building data centers there. We expect the number of AI chip distributors in a country who are part of the NVIDIA Partner Network, and are AMD-authorized distributors to correlate with demand for AI chips since distributors are more likely to launch, operate, and survive in places where there is higher demand for NVIDIA AMD AI chips. Table 2 shows how many NVIDIA AMD partner distributors there are in each country, according to the NVIDIA AMD website, for a select set of possibly relevant countries. For comparison, the total for China, including Hong Kong and Macau, is 13, for NVIDIA, 9 AMD, and the number for Sweden is 3, 2 NVIDIA, 1 AMD. Table 2. NVIDIA and AMD distributors. There's a table here in the text. Table 2. NVIDIA Partner Distributors and AMD Authorized Distributors by Country, according to the NVIDIA and AMD websites. The table is sorted by total number of distributors. Subheading. Rule of Law. It's probably at least somewhat easier to procure AI chips using a shell or front company in a country that has a weak rule of law, since presumably such a country is both less likely to enforce export law, and also less likely to enforce relevant local laws. For example, a country with weak rule of law may not devote many resources to monitoring, investigating, and shutting down shell and front corporations. That said, we do not think this relationship is strong, given that smugglers of goods other than AI chips are known to operate in some countries that have strong rule of law, like Singapore and Taiwan. As a rough proxy for rule of law, the Corruption Perceptions Index, which ranks countries from lowest to highest perceived corruption, has Singapore placing 5th, Taiwan 25th, the United Arab Emirates 27th, South Korea 31st, Saudi Arabia 54th, Malaysia 61st, Vietnam 77th, India 85th, Kazakhstan, Sri Lanka, and Thailand joint 101st, Indonesia 110th, the Philippines 116th, Laos and Mexico joint 126th, Pakistan 140th, and Myanmar 157th, out of 180 countries total. Subheading. Geopolitical alignment. A country's degree of geopolitical alignment with China probably increases the likelihood that smugglers will procure AI chips in that country, since countries more aligned with China may be less likely to enforce export law when China is a beneficiary. Likewise, a country's degree of geopolitical alignment with the US probably decreases that likelihood, since countries that are more closely aligned with the US may be more likely to enforce US export controls, or cooperate with the US on enforcement. According to a Morning Consult poll, China is viewed favorably by respondents in Pakistan, net favorability plus 69, Thailand, plus 34, Saudi Arabia, plus 31, Mexico, plus 29, Indonesia, plus 28, South Africa, plus 26, the United Arab Emirates, plus 24, Brazil, plus 12, and Malaysia, plus 5. The same poll has Singapore as neutral, plus or minus zero, and the Philippines, minus eight, Vietnam, minus 30, India, minus 35, Japan, minus 71, and South Korea, minus 83, as negative.
The poll did not include Kazakhstan, Laos, Sri Lanka, or Taiwan. The animosity towards China in Vietnam is partly due to the Sino-Vietnamese War, 1979, subsequent border conflicts in the 1980s, and territorial disputes in the South China Sea. India and China, too, have long-standing border disputes. Cross-strait relations are more complicated. While there is considerable political tension between mainland China and Taiwan, there are also strong business ties between the two. Some factors indicate that a country is more closely aligned with China. Indonesia, Kazakhstan, Pakistan, and the United Arab Emirates all voted against debating China's treatment of the Uyghurs at the UN Human Rights Council, and Brazil, India, Malaysia, and Mexico abstained from that vote. Kazakhstan, 1-4% of GDP, and especially Pakistan, 5-9% of GDP, and Sri Lanka, 5-9% of GDP, are substantially in debt to China. Indonesia, Kazakhstan, Laos, Malaysia, Pakistan, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Sri Lanka, Thailand, the United Arab Emirates, and Vietnam are all members of the Belt and Road Initiative. Brazil, India, and Mexico, and many others, are not. Kazakhstan received more visits from the Chinese president, 10, than any other country since 1998, and Vietnam and Thailand have also gotten substantial numbers of presidential and premier visits since 1998. Brazil and India are members of BRICS, and Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates were two of several countries recently invited to become members. Other factors indicate that a country is more closely aligned with the West. For example, the Philippines has a bilateral defense treaty with the United States, as does Brazil. Malaysia and Singapore have bilateral defense treaties with other Western nations. There is substantial support within Vietnam of the Quad Partnership between the United States, Australia, India, and Japan. A 2019 survey found a plurality of Vietnamese respondents viewed it as the region's most important institutional framework. And a 2018 poll saw 77% of Vietnamese respondents expressing support for the Quad, the highest of any country in the region. It has also been reported that Vietnam will sign a strategic partnership deal with the US in September 2023 aiming to develop Vietnam's high-technology sector including chip manufacturing and AI. Saudi Arabia has traditionally been a close ally of the US, though recently the relationship has deteriorated and Saudi Arabia has become a closer ally of China. China is the largest trading partner of many countries in the Gulf region, and a major buyer of oil and gas. Subheading. Common language. Perhaps the presence of speakers of a Chinese language in a country increases the likelihood that smugglers will procure AI chips in that country, since having a shared language makes it easier for Chinese-speaking smugglers to operate in that country and to recruit local citizens there. The two most internationally spread varieties of Chinese are Hokkien and Mandarin. Hokkien has more than 1,000 speakers each in parts of China, Malaysia, Singapore, and the Philippines, as well as Taiwan where it is one of the national languages. There are also hundreds of thousands of Hokkien speakers in Indonesia and Cambodia. Mandarin, the main form of Chinese spoken in China, is an official language in Singapore and Taiwan, and is also widely spoken there. Yu, for example, Cantonese, and Wu, for example, Shanghainese, varieties are mainly spoken only in China. Subheading. Feasibility of surreptitiously transporting AI chips to China. After procuring AI chips, the second step is to stealthily transport them into China. In general, if smugglers want to surreptitiously transport AI chips to China, we think it would be easier to do so from countries where, in descending order of importance, a. 
there are high-volume cargo airports and or container ports, b, there are a lot of electronics exports to China, c, the ruling government either favors China over the West or is neutral between them, c, geopolitical alignment in the previous section, d, rule of law is relatively weak, c, rule of law in the previous section, and or, e, many people speak a Chinese language, c, common language in the previous section. We think the rule of law factor is less relevant here than for surreptitiously procuring AI chips. For example, Singapore has strong rule of law, but export enforcement experts we spoke with suggested that a lot of smuggled goods pass through Singapore, and indeed our guess is that is one reason why the only export control officer stationed in Southeast Asia is based in Singapore. Below, we discuss the main ways in which this can be done, and then factors that seem likely to influence a country's suitability for being the place from which chips reach China. Subheading. Sea, land, and air transport. There are three main ways chips can be transported into China. Via sea routes, via land routes, and via air. Each of those can be done through official ports and checkpoints, or by avoiding interacting with customs personnel altogether. For example, drug smugglers sometimes ship their goods through legitimate shipping companies and major ports, and sometimes using submersibles. Our impression is that smugglers typically prefer to use commercial shipping services when possible, and resort to avoiding customs only when necessary, since standard shipping methods are cheaper, more reliable, and more convenient. Even drugs are often shipped via commercial services. For example, about one-third of cocaine smuggled out of South America is transported on commercial ships. Despite drugs, unlike AI chips, being detectable via scent and usually easily identifiable once seen. China has land borders with 14 countries, see figure 2, including Pakistan, Laos, Vietnam, Kazakhstan, and India. Several other neighboring countries are very unlikely to be places where AI chip smuggling happens, in particular Afghanistan, North Korea, and Russia. Land borders give additional options. For example, you can drive from Hanoi, Vietnam, to Shenzhen, China, in around 17 hours, according to Google Maps. However, shipping by land is, a, slow for medium or long distances, with occasional delays due to accidents or adverse weather, and, b, more likely than other methods to result in lost or damaged goods, since roads along China's borders are often rough, and goods can more easily get stolen from trucks than from, say, airplanes. There's an image here in the text. Figure 2. Map of Asia, courtesy the World Factbook. An export enforcement expert we spoke with told us smugglers would likely transport AI chips by airline cargo services, as that is faster and more convenient than shipping by sea and land, and since chips are small and light enough that shipping by air is not too expensive. However, servers are bulkier and heavier than chips. We expect smugglers to ship by sea if air shipments were to seem more likely to be inspected, and or if the smugglers are shipping servers which are too heavy for aircraft or by land if that seems less likely to be detected than by air or sea. Subheading. Clearing customs. When shipping goods using commercial services, the goods need to pass through customs. Customs officials, and carriers, may detect smuggled goods by noticing anomalies in the required paperwork and or when doing physical inspections. Generally, when exporting an item, you need to be set up as a company and then fill out a customs declaration form with information about the goods, their types, quantities, and descriptions, as well as the origin, destination, exporter, importer, and more. When shipping by sea, carriers use shipping manifests to record information about cargo, passengers, and crew on board. 
Shipping manifests are used, 1, by carriers to generate invoices for importers or exporters, 2, by carriers to see where goods are picked up and should be delivered, 3, to track what comes on and leaves the ship at any time, and, 4, by customs officials when the ship arrives at a port of entry. When shipping by air, there is an air cargo manifest. Our impression is that this contains similar information and serves a similar role. Ocean carriers have incentives not to take smuggled goods. Ships are sometimes taken out of service for weeks for investigations when smuggled goods are detected, but can't inspect every container. Paris, 2020, reports that 10% of shipping containers are inspected, though does not specify whether this refers to checks done by the carrier, by customs officials, or both. Smugglers would generally fake some of the information on customs declaration forms, for example, labeling NVIDIA GPUs for AI workloads as consumer GPUs, and in some cases also bribe customs officials. There have been cases where ocean carrier crew members have assisted smugglers, for example, by surreptitiously loading goods onto ships. Subheading. Import-export volume. It is easier to surreptitiously transport goods through very large ports and airports than to go through smaller ports and airports, because due to the enormous volumes of cargo passing through those, any one shipment is less likely to be inspected there. Many relevant countries have major ports, including Singapore, which has a port ranked second in container traffic per year, the United Arab Emirates, 12th, Malaysia, 13th and 16th, Taiwan, 17th, Thailand, 20th, Vietnam, 21st, 27th, 31st, Sri Lanka, 22nd, Indonesia, 25th, 46th, India, 26th, 28th, the Philippines, 37th, Saudi Arabia, 39th, and Brazil, 40th. Additionally, several relevant countries have major air cargo traffic hubs, in particular Taiwan, 2.5 T metric tons of cargo in 2022, ranked 7th, Singapore, 1.9 T, ranked 16th and the United Arab Emirates, 1.7 T, ranked 18th. There's an image here in the text. Figure 3. Plots showing, left, container port traffic by country, Taiwan not included, in 2021. And, right, electrical machinery exports to Hong Kong by country in 2021. Figure 3 shows, left, container port traffic by country, and, right, electronics exports to Hong Kong, as a proxy for China since data on exports to China was not available. The more electronics a country exports to China, the less likely surreptitious shipments to China of AI chips, likely being labeled as other, uncontrolled chips, are to stand out. Taiwan, Malaysia, Vietnam, Singapore, the Philippines, Thailand, and to a lesser extent Mexico and Indonesia all export large quantities of electronics to China. Subheading. China's sides of its borders. In general, China appears more enthusiastic about enforcing border controls than its land border neighbors. For example, China has recently been building walls on the borders of neighbors like Vietnam, Laos, and Myanmar to curb the smuggling of goods, especially drugs, and people there, Zhao, 2021. The Economist, 2023. The Kazakhstan-China border seems porous too, due to corruption among Kazakh border guards and general incompetence in Kazakhstan's customs service, Joswiak and Furlong, 2018. Lillis, 2023. This suggests both, one, that there is, or at least was until recently, substantial smuggling activity along China's land borders, and, two, that the major impediment to those activities is Chinese border control. However, this report is focused on a scenario in which there's Chinese state support and or endorsement for large-scale AI smuggling into China. 
Given that scenario, the Chinese side of the border would not be a problem for smugglers. This matters not only because China's neighbors seem less interested in controlling their borders than China, but also because border controls generally tend to be stricter for incoming goods than for outgoing goods. So the question is more whether smugglers can circumvent controls on the non-Chinese side of the border, and avoid drawing unwanted attention from local and international law enforcement there. Subheading. Two possible smuggling regimes. This section outlines two smuggling regimes that we think would be plausible if China-linked actors were to aim at them, and for each, provides back-of-the-envelope estimates of, one, how many NVIDIA-made AI chips, of the two latest generations at that time, would be smuggled in 2025 were such a regime implemented, and, two, how much more Chinese actors would be paying per chip were they to procure them in this way. See summary tables of estimates for an overview. We set both of these regimes two years from now, in 2025, for a few reasons. One, it would take some time to set such regimes up, such that they realistically wouldn't happen soon anyway. Two, the gaps between the A100H100 and A800H800 are not that wide. We likely wouldn't see large-scale smuggling until the next generation of NVIDIA GPUs is released, likely in 2024 or 2025. See will China-linked actors aim for large-scale AI chip smuggling? 3. As of August 2023, demand for NVIDIA GPUs far outstrips supply, at least in China but probably also globally. That means that even if you were to set up a large-scale, efficient smuggling regime in 2023, you might not be able to get hold of substantial quantities of GPUs. We expect supply and demand to have normalized somewhat in a few years, such that supply shortages will not be a major issue for smugglers then. We expect that either of these regimes could plausibly be sustained for half a decade or longer, and could plausibly be replaced by a similarly effective regime once BIS or other enforcement actors shut down that specific method of smuggling. Subheading. Summary tables of estimates. Table 3 shows all smuggling estimates made or mentioned in this report. The regime 1 scenario, described below involves China-linked actors setting up multiple shell companies in each of multiple third countries, and using those to place small orders with NVIDIA distributors. The Regime 2 scenario involves China-linked actors setting up real cloud service providers as fronts in third countries, using those to place bulk orders with NVIDIA OEMs directly, and then transporting a large fraction of the GPUs to China. Note that, unlike the other estimates, the Regime 1 and Regime 2 estimates are of plausible but optimistic for China scenarios, and that there is additional uncertainty beyond the confidence intervals given, for example, model uncertainty, for those two estimates. Table 3. Estimates of smuggling quantities. There's a table here in the text. Table 3. Number of AI chips, or NVIDIA GPUs, smuggled under various assumptions and according to various estimates. Table 4 shows the back-of-the-envelope estimates of cost premiums for procuring chips in China relative to internationally, mentioned so far, alongside figures from news reports and other sources. See Appendix 1. Cost calculations for more details. Note that costs reported in 2023 are likely inflated due to current GPU shortages in China and that this effect probably dwarfs any increase due to smuggling premiums. Hence, the Regime 1 and Regime 2 estimates will show lower costs, since they're anchored on NVIDIA's suggested retail price. As mentioned above, the estimates for Regime 1 and Regime 2 assume smugglers would charge only the minimum amount needed to break even for AI chips in China, including personnel costs, 
which seems unlikely in scenarios where the Chinese state only fiscally sponsors or endorses the smuggling operation, but likely in scenarios where the Chinese state actively runs the operation. Also, there is some uncertainty around the normal retail prices of NVIDIA GPUs, and customers able to buy in bulk likely get substantial per unit discounts. Table 4. Estimates of cost premiums. There's a table here in the text. Table 4. Estimates of the premium that would have to be paid on top of normal international retail price for various NVIDIA GPUs, when procured in China. These cost premium estimates matter because, 1, the higher the premiums, the lower the incentive to smuggle AI chips, and, 2, the more overhead costs you have, the less beneficial smuggling is for Chinese AI firms, and the less important AI chip smuggling is overall. Overall, the premium paid from procuring GPUs via smuggling, assuming smugglers only charge enough to cover their expenses, not the full market price within China, whatever that is, according to these estimates is fairly low, low enough to probably not be a strong disincentive to smuggle, and to probably not be a key factor determining a country's AI capabilities. And since the prices of cutting-edge GPUs are rising, we expect the overhead of smuggling to be increasingly insignificant even if smuggling operations are scaled up substantially. However, these estimates are highly uncertain. Subheading. Why the scenarios only concern NVIDIA GPUs. These estimates focus on NVIDIA GPUs specifically. Experts and the market seem to agree that NVIDIA chips, and in particular the H100, are the most performant and cost-effective product for training large AI models today. The closest competitor has in the past few years been Google's Tensor Processing Units, TPUs, but as they are not sold but only used in Google's own data centers, the risk of smuggling is low. It is possible that there will soon be other competitors near enough to the state of the art that it would be useful to also consider those. In more detail, contenders include Cerebras and AMD. For simplicity, we avoid making explicit estimates of those, but, one, we expect most, but not all, of the considerations in this section to transfer to non-NVIDIA chips, and, two, it seems harder to enforce export controls in a world with many different suppliers of near-cutting-edge AI chips. Investigating scenarios with many suppliers of near-cutting-edge AI chips could be a valuable research direction in the future. See further research. Subheading. Regime 1. Many shell companies buy small quantities from distributors. One potential smuggling regime involves China-linked actors setting up multiple shell companies in each of multiple third countries, and using those to place small orders with NVIDIA distributors. Since each of these shell companies will only be buying small quantities of GPUs, they could be disguised as, for example, AI startups, algorithmic trading firms, system builders, biotech companies, smart city companies automated driving or robotics firms, data science or analytics firms, or risk management or insurance companies. At the same time, each distributor and each country would only see fairly low quantities of GPUs bought, reducing the chances of attracting unwanted attention. After procurement, the GPUs are relabeled, and perhaps also repackaged, as non-controlled chips and exported to front or trading companies in China from another shell company in the re-export country. They are most likely transported by air, but alternatively perhaps by sea or, in the case of Vietnam or India, by land. If crossing the land border to China is more reliable than directly shipping to China by air or by sea, the chips may be re-export first to Vietnam or another country bordering China, and then from there to China by land. Subheading. Enforcement of controls if this regime is attempted. 
NVIDIA does not need a license from BIS in order to export controlled AI chips to its distributors in potential re-export countries. That means NVIDIA is not violating any US law when it sells chips to buyers outside China, and probably no laws in the re-export countries either. In contrast, the distributor is violating US law when it sells to a shell company within a third country, that is in fact going to transport the items to China. But whether the distributor is also violating local laws depends on the particular details of the case, including the laws of the country it is based in. The shell company buying from the distributor with an intention to then transport items to China is certainly violating US law. It is likely also violating local law, since transporting the items to China will involve falsely labeling them as non-controlled items. If and when BIS begins to suspect that smuggling on this scale is happening, the first things it would likely do are to shift resources to analysis and outreach, to exporters, freight forwarders, and foreign governments and law enforcement, related to AI chip smuggling. It could then investigate the transactions involving AI chips, including by performing post-shipment verifications at the distributor's or the shell company's premises. If BIS finds evidence of smuggling, it could take action such as, 1. Preventing the distributors from receiving further exports, 2. Indicting, and ideally extraditing, the distributors and all the smugglers, and 3. Working with local governments to, 3a, shut down the shell companies, 3,000, fine the distributors, and 3c, prosecute the distributors and all the smugglers in the re-export country. Options, 3, would involve a dialogue between the US and the re-export country, the outcome of which would depend on factors like the re-export country's relationship with the US, the re-export country's relationship with China, whether local laws have been violated, and how much pressure the US chooses to apply. However, BIS is resource-constrained and rarely carries out investigations in the first place, unless there are obvious red flags. Our overall impression is that, in the absence of specific policies like those we recommend later in this report, this smuggling regime would not be significantly impeded by such enforcement activities. That is because, a, BIS is unlikely to have the resources needed to investigate and address violations, or at least to do so quickly and consistently, especially since the quantities involved in each violation are relatively small, and, b, smugglers can easily set up new shell companies and or start buying from new distributors. As a stronger measure, BIS could expand the high-performance chip export restriction to cover additional countries beyond China, for example preventing Vietnam from importing controlled chips if it turns out that large quantities are smuggled into China via Vietnam. But this seems only partially effective, given that the quantities moved through each country are small in this smuggling regime, and that the smugglers could plausibly expand or move their operation to additional countries, even outside the Middle East and South and Southeast Asia. This measure also has other drawbacks, for example harming relations with that country, that make it a less attractive option for BIS. Subheading. Estimate. Given the set of assumptions listed below, we estimate that Regime 1 would smuggle 1.5 thousand, 95% confidence interval, 10 to 190,000, NVIDIA GPUs into China in 2025, and then gradually more after that. That translates to a 13% probability of being able to supply China with greater than 25,000 GPUs in 2025. The assumptions this estimate rests on represent our best guesses at plausible specifications and numbers. We assume that smugglers place orders with 21 distributors in countries where procurement and shipment to China may be feasible, namely, India, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Taiwan, Thailand, 
the United Arab Emirates, and or Vietnam. This is how many NVIDIA distributors the NVIDIA website lists for these countries. We assume that there is, on average, a 60% probability that any given distributor ends up shipping chips to a shell company at any given time. This figure is based on the conjecture that distributors are reasonably likely to sell small quantities of uncontrolled chips to legitimate-seeming companies that do not appear on the entity list or unverified list, without doing extensive due diligence. In reality, smugglers would continuously probe distributors looking for weak links. We are unsure what success rate they would have, whether there are more possible distributors beyond the ones listed as official NVIDIA partners, and whether any distributors would be denied future chips due to being caught selling to smugglers. But 21 distributors with a 60% probability that a given distributor works out at any given time is our best guess. We assume that there will be 1.7 times, 95% confidence interval, 1x to 3x, as many distributors in each country when the estimates take place as there are today. This is due to the recent increase in demand for NVIDIA GPUs. NVIDIA revenue increased by 140% from Q1 to Q2 this year. We assume there will be on average 3, 95% confidence interval, 0.3 to 35. Shell companies successfully placing orders with each distributor at any time. The actual shell companies may change to avoid suspicion and or to get second attempts with a distributor. We expect these shell companies would arouse suspicion if they represented a substantial proportion, say, more than a third, of any distributor's customer base, but we have significant uncertainty about how many AI chip buyers these distributors typically have. We assume that each shell company purchases on average 100, 95% confidence interval, 10 to 1,000 GPUs per year from the distributor. Our impression is that distributors generally do not stock large quantities of chips. For larger purchases, companies typically negotiate with NVIDIA OEMs directly. Making relatively small purchases means both that the smugglers don't stand out, and that they can pose as a greater variety of different businesses. We assume that approximately 2%, 95% confidence interval, 0.1% to 12%, of chips get lost along the way, for example, due to being discovered by inspectors, being damaged in transport, or being diverted to the black market outside China. A rule of thumb in international ocean shipping is that about 1 in 10 containers are inspected. However, officials in these countries are not trained to tell controlled from non-controlled chips apart, and would likely often not notice anything amiss. Given some additional assumptions explained in Appendix 1. Cost calculations, we estimate that each chip procured in this regime would cost the buyer an additional 25%, 95% confidence interval, 0.4% to 2,400%, which equals a reduction in GPU price performance of 20%, 95% confidence interval, 0.4% to 96%. Importantly, this assumes smugglers would charge only the minimum amount needed to break even for AI chips in China including personnel costs, even though it is possible, due to supply and demand in China, that they could in fact charge far more, earning a considerable profit and increasing the costs for AI labs in China. We think such a regime could to some extent scale up to involve larger volumes over time. As the demand and especially supply of NVIDIA GPUs grow in the future, there would be more distributors, those vendors would stock more products, and smugglers could place larger orders without raising suspicion. Subheading. Regime 2. Few cloud provider fronts buy large quantities directly from NVIDIA OEMs. 
A second smuggling regime involves China-linked actors setting up real cloud service providers as fronts in third countries, using those to place bulk orders with NVIDIA OEMs directly, and then transporting a large fraction of the GPUs to China. More specifically, the front would likely buy servers containing GPUs, such as the NVIDIA HGX series. The third country would be unaware that these cloud providers are fronts for smugglers. This seems plausible since there is growing demand for compute in many potential re-export countries, and there are also already plenty of cloud providers with data centers in many of those countries. These front companies would provide real though minimal cloud services, though they wouldn't necessarily be advertised, including compute via some NVIDIA GPUs, and would probably rent space in a data center from a colocation provider to avoid having to build a small data center on their own. Business-to-business sales generally involve approximately the following procedure. 1. The customer decides they want to buy the product, and or more generally that they have needs that the product could meet. 2. The customer has a sales call with a representative from the vendor. 3. The two parties negotiate terms, pricing, quantities, contract length, service and support, payment terms. 4. The two parties close the sale by doing the necessary paperwork, etc. Note that in this case, even though the order is negotiated with NVIDIA, an OEM may also be involved at some point. As OEMs produce servers containing GPUs, the buyer may send the final purchase order to an OEM, not NVIDIA. We are unsure about some of these details. See feasibility of surreptitiously procuring AI chips for re-export for additional discussion on this. We think it would be possible for the front companies involved in this smuggling regime to place large orders with NVIDIA OEMs. This is because they would be real companies operating real services, they would be incorporated in countries where there is no need for a license to export high-performance AI chips, and they would be able to pay. After procurement, the GPUs or servers are relabeled, and perhaps also repackaged, as non-controlled chips, servers and exported to front or trading companies in China from another shell company in the re-export country. As in Regime 1, the chips or servers are most likely transported by air, but alternatively perhaps by sea or, in the case of Vietnam or India, by land. If crossing the land border to China is more reliable than directly shipping to China by air or by sea, the chips may be re-export first to Vietnam or another country bordering China, and then from there to China by land. Subheading. Enforcement of controls if this regime is attempted. NVIDIA does not need a license from BIS in order to export AI chips to one of these cloud providers. That means NVIDIA is not violating any US law here, and probably no laws in the country where the cloud provider is located either. The cloud provider, on the other hand, in surreptitiously transporting the chips to China, is both violating US export law and also likely laws in the local country. For example, it would likely need to falsely label the chips or servers on customs forms when smuggling them out of the country, and or bribe customs officials. If and when BIS begins to suspect that smuggling on this scale is happening, the first things it would likely do are to shift resources to analysis and outreach, to exporters, freight forwarders, and foreign governments and law enforcement, related to AI chip smuggling. It could then investigate transactions involving AI chips, including by making post-shipment inspections at these cloud providers' offices or data centers. If BIS finds evidence of smuggling, it could take action such as, 1. Preventing the cloud providers from receiving further exports, 2. Indicting, and ideally extraditing, those running the cloud providers, 3. Alerting NVIDIA and OEMs and encouraging them to do stricter due diligence, and, 4. 
working with local governments to 4a, fine the cloud providers and 4,000, locally prosecute those running the cloud providers. As with the previous regime, options 4a and 4,000 would involve a dialogue between the US and the re-export country, the outcome of which would depend on factors like the re-export country's relationship with the US, the re-export country's relationship with China, whether local laws have been violated, and how much pressure the US chooses to apply. Again, however, BIS is resource-constrained and rarely carries out investigations or on-site inspections unless there are obvious red flags. We think these measures would be costly for the smuggling regime, and so to some extent the smugglers depend on BIS not actually finding evidence of smuggling. We do think that, in the absence of policies like those we recommend below, the smugglers can mostly avoid being found out by BIS, since, a, BIS does not have the resources to thoroughly investigate most cloud providers in South and Southeast Asia, and, b, the smugglers do actually have data centers housing, some, GPUs, which are actually rented out to customers, meaning even if checks or inspections are made, they may not find evidence of smuggling. If BIS does find evidence of smuggling, it could also expand the high-performance chip export restriction to cover additional countries beyond China, for example, restricting controlled chip exports to Vietnam if it turns out that large quantities are smuggled into China via Vietnamese cloud providers. We expect BIS to consider this option if there are multiple cloud providers violating export laws, either simultaneously or at different times, in a single country. However, if there appears to only be a single cloud provider violating export laws in that country, BIS would likely prefer to take action against the cloud provider rather than against the country as a whole, since the former type of measure is cheaper and easier. This regime is somewhat risky in the sense that setting up entire cloud companies, even if they provide minimal services, requires some upfront cost. You need to write code, design a website, find and negotiate a contract with a colocation provider, and more. These upfront costs would be partly wasted were the enterprise to be found out and shut down as that would mean the cloud provider could no longer import NVIDIA GPUs. But this regime does have the advantage of allowing smugglers to procure more chips than other methods we can think of. Subheading. Estimate. Given the set of assumptions listed below, we estimate that regime 2 would smuggle 14,000, 95% confidence interval, 900 to 210,000, NVIDIA GPUs into China in 2025, and then gradually more after that. That translates to a 33% probability of being able to supply China with greater than 25,000 GPUs in 2025. The assumptions this estimate rests on represent our best guesses at plausible specifications and numbers. Smugglers operate a total of about 2, 95% confidence interval, 0.4 to 14. Cloud service provider fronts on average in countries like Indonesia, Singapore, Thailand, and or Vietnam. We think more than about 10 cloud providers buying large quantities of GPUs would likely attract too much scrutiny. If these share common patterns of behavior, such as declining assistance with installation, training, or servicing from NVIDIA and or the OEM, or such as using shared code or tooling. If there were two or more cloud providers in a single third country, customers could notice similarities between them and surface these red flags to authorities. This number factors in the possibility of a front being found out and shut down. It is meant to signify the expected number of cloud provider fronts operating successfully at any given time. Each cloud provider purchases on average 8,000, 95% confidence interval, 1,000 to 60,000 GPUs per year. We think this number is plausible. 
Amazon AWS currently offers clusters of up to roughly 4,000 A100s to any customer, with minimal vetting. ByteDance has ordered 100,000 A100s and H100s from NVIDIA in recent years, and Alibaba has placed similar orders. We also expect order sizes from cloud providers to increase over the next few years. However, we think the cloud provider fronts would avoid placing orders large enough to be newsworthy, hence we are putting an upper bound below 100,000. NVIDIA OEMs do not need an export license to sell controlled GPUs to customers in these countries. Each cloud provider diverts 80%, 95% confidence interval, 40% to 99% of its purchased GPUs to China, keeping the remaining chips for use in the front's data center. If a cloud provider diverts too many chips, this could raise red flags due to an absence of servicing or maintenance, low power consumption footprint of the data center, customers noticing the absence of GPUs advertised on the cloud provider's website, and or a lack of customers or an incongruously low profile. If NVIDIA, OEMs, colocation providers or other involved parties are looking for or likely to notice these red flags, we expect the cloud provider would need to hold on to at least half of its chips. If not, we expect the cloud provider to be able to divert almost all of its chips. As with Regime 1 and for the same reasons, we assume about 2%, 95% confidence interval, 0.1% to 12% of chips get lost along the way. With additional assumptions, see Appendix 1. Cost calculations, each chip procured in this regime would cost the buyer an additional 3.2%, 95% confidence interval, 0.2% to 70%, which equals a reduction in GPU price performance of 3%, 95% confidence interval, 0.2% to 41%. The same caveat applies as for Regime 1. This assumes smugglers would charge only the minimum amount needed to break even for AI chips in China, including personnel costs, even though it is possible, due to supply and demand in China, that they could in fact charge far more, earning a considerable profit and increasing the costs for AI labs in China. As with the first regime, we think such a regime could to some extent scale up to involve larger volumes over time. As the demand and supply of NVIDIA GPUs grow in the future, and as these regions develop, we expect it to be more normal and common to have cloud providers in these, and other, countries buy large quantities of GPUs from NVIDIA. Heading. Will China-linked actors aim for large-scale AI chip smuggling? As a general rule, prohibitions tend to create lucrative opportunities for underground markets. Furthermore, there are indeed precedents for large-scale smuggling of controlled goods in other areas, such as non-AI chips and illegal drugs. Here's a list of bullet points. A smuggling network funneled greater than $65,000 worth of sensitive, non-AI, chips from the United States to companies linked to the Russian military between 2008 and 2014, Gotievilovs and others, 2022. In 2022 alone, about $570,000 worth of US chips were sold to Russia from Hong Kong and mainland China, despite sanctions. Iran and North Korea built their nuclear programs through smuggling dual-use goods from other countries, violating export controls and UN sanctions. There has been active trade in dirty bomb ingredients in the Black Sea region, with multiple arrests for smuggling cesium-137 and uranium in the last decade. Mavrelis, 2017, estimates the annual value of drug trafficking worldwide to be $426,000 to $652,000 per year and estimates that of small arms and light weapons to be $1.7,000 to $3.5,000 per year. 
That's the end of the list. Subheading. AI chip smuggling today. Export-controlled AI chips are already being smuggled into China today, though likely not in large quantities. Reuters reports that, having spoken with vendors in Hong Kong and mainland China, it is easy to procure small numbers of NVIDIA A100s there. According to the report, these chips were mostly smuggled into the country. A video on Chinese social media shows someone who seems to have obtained four NVIDIA H100s. One estimate has the number of NVIDIA A100s in China as 40,000 to 50,000 as of May 2023. Another estimate has it at 200,000, also as of May 2023. However, most of these A100s would have been imported legally prior to the October 7 controls. A 2022 analysis found that Chinese military units were able to obtain US-designed AI chips despite being under end-user controls. We would guess that only a small number of AI chips will have made it into China in 2023, likely in the hundreds. 95% confidence interval, 25 to 5,000. For comparison, and as mentioned above, a Frontier AI lab uses on the order of tens of thousands of AI chips. We think this makes sense given that Chinese customers can legally purchase NVIDIA A800s and H100s, and that the A800-H800 does not perform much worse than its A100-H100 counterpart. In fact, we would guess that most of the smuggling happening right now is due to a general lack of AI chip availability. We would guess that, were there enough A800s and H100s to supply the Chinese market, then we would see almost no smuggling of A100s and H100s into China at all. Subheading. Drivers of AI chip smuggling. At least seven factors, listed below, affect whether and when we would see large-scale smuggling of AI chips into China. We think these considerations should lead us to expect more smuggling in the future, potentially reaching up to large-scale regimes like the ones illustrated in this report. In particular, we think so mainly because, 1. The gap in quality between AI chips available in China and AI chips available outside China will grow, and, 2. Chinese actors' willingness to spend may increase as AI systems get more powerful and useful. However, we have significant uncertainty about this. We are especially unsure about non-monetary costs of smuggling and dynamics within the Chinese party state. The following factors affect whether and when we would see large-scale smuggling of AI chips into China. There may be more smuggling when the gap in quality between what's, legally, available in China and what's available outside China is larger. In particular, since the October 7 export controls set a fixed performance threshold, in operations per second and in interconnect speed, this gap will grow as the state-of-the-art advances. Hophan and Basiriglu, 2022, estimates a doubling time for the price performance of machine learning GPUs of about two years. In practice, this will likely mean that AI chip makers will limit their chips' interconnect speed for the Chinese market while otherwise keeping the chips the same, as NVIDIA has done with the A800 and the H800. That would result in a growing gap in performance between AI chips available in China and those available outside China, though there is uncertainty around how large this gap is, and also how much it will grow with each generation. The gap would be decreased were China able to make competitive AI chips indigenously. We think it is likely that China will make AI chips indigenously, but that those chips are going to lag the state-of-the-art in cost-effectiveness by one or more generations in the next decade. Still, there is substantial uncertainty about China's ability to indigenously produce AI chips over the coming years. The gap is smaller if China can access cutting-edge AI chips via Western cloud service providers. 
In July 2023, the Wall Street Journal reported that the U.S. is preparing to restrict Chinese companies' access to U.S. cloud computing services. However, Chinese companies would still be able to access cutting-edge AI chips from cloud service providers based outside the U.S., including data centers run by Chinese companies but located outside China. That said, we think there are various reasons why someone would prefer to own chips rather than rent them. For example, access to cloud providers can be revoked from one day to the next. Renting also tends to be less cost-effective, since the cloud provider pads pricing to improve profit margins. The gap could be increased if BIS decides to strengthen controls on AI chips, for example by revising the performance thresholds, or decreased if BIS decides to make the controls weaker. There may be more smuggling when the supply of AI chips legally available in China is lower. Even holding the quality of chips available inside and outside China constant, if demand for AI chips far outstrips supply in China, Chinese actors will have a strong incentive to smuggle AI chips. There would simply be no other way of procuring enough AI chips. There are two ways the supply of AI chips in China could change. First, the overall supply of AI chips could change. For example, TSMC, which fabricates NVIDIA's chips, and its suppliers could perhaps massively expand capacity in response to the recent increase in demand for AI chips. Second, the fraction of chips made for the Chinese market could change. For example, NVIDIA could decide to devote more capacity to producing AI chips for the Chinese market, the A800, H800, relative to chips for the international market, the A100, H100. There may be more smuggling when Chinese actors are willing to spend more on obtaining AI chips. An increased willingness to spend would mean Chinese actors are more willing to pay cost premiums for smuggled chips. It would also increase the absolute number of chips China would want to procure and hence possibly force it to smuggle, if the supply of chips that can be legally exported to China does not meet demand. An increased willingness would presumably also be associated with an increased willingness to tolerate non-monetary costs of smuggling such as damaged relations with other countries. Large increases in willingness to pay seem plausible, for example, if Chinese leadership decides to aim at developing artificial general intelligence. There are some signs that such a shift may be happening. On the other hand, China seems currently to be experiencing an economic downturn, with falling exports, falling consumer prices, and low consumer confidence. If these trends persist or worsen, Chinese firms may try to slash expenses, reducing their willingness to spend on AI chips. For an alternative view on China's economic slowdown, see Lardi, 2023. There may be more smuggling when it costs less to smuggle AI chips. As noted above, the overhead due to smuggling seems to be fairly low relative to the considerable costs of AI chips, but, 1. Those estimates are highly uncertain, and, two, even if the estimated additional cost of smuggling is not very high, it is still noticeable. Plausibly, the cost of procuring smuggled AI chips could even be lower than the cost of legally importing AI chips, if the supply of legally importable chips is small enough. This is possible because the chips available on the Chinese market, like the NVIDIA A800-H800, are different from those available to non-Chinese customers, like the A100-H100, and can be differently priced. If Chinese actors are willing to spend lots of money obtaining AI chips, they may be willing to procure more, better chips via smugglers rather than more cost-effective, but less performant, chips exported to China legally. A factor pushing in favor of more smuggling is that smugglers would likely benefit from economies of scale. 
it also seems possible that smugglers find increasingly cost-effective ways of moving chips over time. There may be more smuggling the lower the expected non-monetary costs of smuggling are. For example, if evidence is made public of state-sponsored and or endorsed smuggling into China, that may harm China's standing in the world, or damage relations with Western or neighboring countries. On the other hand, smuggling into Russia, for example, does not seem to do much to harm Russia's standing on the margin. So this effect could be small. There may be more or less smuggling depending on the political and personal dynamics within the party state. We bracket these dynamics in this report. However, they could be the focus of further research. There may be less smuggling the more BIS and other export enforcement groups prioritize combating AI chip smuggling, and or are given more resources. Even if BIS is not given more resources and does not implement any countermeasures aimed specifically at curbing AI chip smuggling, it would still carry out enforcement activities. At minimum, if large quantities of AI chips are being smuggled, BIS would eventually realize that, and devote more of its resources to analysis and outreach focused on this. We believe there are also several concrete actions that BIS and others could take to curb smuggling. We discuss these in the following section. Heading. Recommendations for U.S. policymakers. Although AI chip smuggling is likely not a major issue right now given the relatively small quantities involved, BIS and other parts of the U.S. government should already take action to address smuggling. That is because, 1, we are likely to see more smuggling in the future, 2, it will take time to assess and implement interventions, and, 3, if BIS and others do not act to curb smuggling proactively, China may be able to build up a considerable stockpile of controlled AI chips by the time AI chip export enforcement is more effective. The remainder of this section summarizes the six recommendations that Tim Fist, Center for a New American Security, and one of us, Eric Grunewald, have made in a privately circulated memo for U.S. policymakers. As part of writing that memo, we, Tim and Eric, considered a range of interventions at a high level, and then filtered and improved the list in consultation with government and industry experts. In particular, we have high confidence that BIS should set up a chip registry, and that Congress should allocate more funding to BIS. We also think that further investigation into the feasibility and value of 4. Additional interventions would be beneficial. Stronger due diligence requirements for chip exporters, a licensing requirement for AI chip exports to key third countries, an interagency program to secure the AI supply chain, and promoting end-user verification programs in Southeast Asia. We are seeking input on which of these 4. are more promising and are open to further investigating any of them. If implemented, we, the authors of this report, expect these recommendations would substantially reduce the chances of large-scale AI chip smuggling into China. While these recommendations were chosen to reduce the chances of such smuggling in particular, see limitations, they would, to varying degrees, also serve to 1. prevent rogue states and dangerous non-state actors from obtaining AI chips, and 2. reduce small-scale smuggling of AI chips. It seems possible that, in the future, it will both be easier to create AI models with dangerous capabilities and all that pose catastrophic risks, and also that many countries besides the US and China will have the people and know-how needed to create such models. If so, it may be important to ensure no AI chips get into the hands of dangerous actors, again necessitating measures like those proposed here. One possible concern with strengthening US export control enforcement is that it could worsen US-China relations. However, we don't think strengthening enforcement will have a noticeable effect on US-China relations. 
We think export control policy changes can adversely affect relations, but enforcement, and preventing smuggling in particular, seems like something that is fair game for nation-states and unlikely to be controversial. Subheading. Chip Registry. A key problem for AI chip export enforcement is that BIS does not know where exported AI chips are or who is their supposed owner. To rectify that, BIS should start collecting data for a registry of exported AI chips. In order to set up the registry, BIS could create a reporting requirement for exports of high-performance AI chips and computers containing them, similar to older post-shipment reporting requirements for some other high-performance computers. The requirement would oblige anyone who exports, re-exports, or transfers, in-country, high-performance AI chips to provide BIS with a list of chips being transported, their serial numbers or other more secure forms of device ID, their models, the end user, and the facilities where the chips are meant to be housed. BIS personnel could collate and update this information centrally in a database or spreadsheet. An AI chip registry would provide several benefits. It would inform existing BIS activities. For example, it would create awareness around which countries are receiving large inflows of AI chips. It would also make post-shipment verifications and other checks more effective and efficient by giving analysts and export control officers a detailed picture of how many chips and the models and serial numbers of those chips there are supposed to be at any end-users facilities. It would enable the establishment of a random chip inspection and mail-in program, as described in FIST and others, 2023. Such a program would involve periodically selecting a random set of chips from the registry and verifying that those chips are located where they are meant to be located, and haven't been tampered with, either by doing in-person visits or by having the chip owners mail those chips in for inspection on short notice. We think a random chip inspection program, if combined with an effective response against entities that fail to turn in requested chips, see how the US typically enforces export controls, would make large-scale AI chip smuggling, including the two possible scenarios that we have outlined in this report extremely difficult to sustain, at a relatively low cost for BIS. It would provide BIS and the US government with an awareness of concentrations of large volumes of AI chips, which could be useful in assessing the AI capabilities of different nations and establishing international AI governance measures. It would reduce regulatory uncertainty for BIS and AI chip exporters by reliably giving early warning of large, or medium-scale smuggling, should it happen. Such early warning could for example allow private companies to proactively address issues without the need for BIS to expand export controls, and or allow BIS to give companies more time to adapt to new countermeasures before they are implemented. For example, if BIS notices an uptick of a certain type of AI chip smuggling early, it could advise exporters of those chips to improve their due diligence processes before taking stronger enforcement measures. BIS's ability to notice large or medium-scale smuggling early would be especially strong if a random chip inspection, mail-in program were implemented. It would improve market access for AI chip exporters as export enforcement would be more effective, reducing the need for more restrictive measures like expanding license requirements to additional countries. BIS could start by merely instituting the reporting requirement and collecting the data, and only implement further measures such as a random chip inspection or mail-in program, if and when it suspects AI chip smuggling is happening on a moderate or large scale. There are four main challenges for this proposal. First, companies that own, use, or handle AI chips such as cloud service providers may object that a chip registry involves an undue degree of centralized monitoring, 
It is important to note that controlled AI chips are almost exclusively owned by major companies, not individuals, and so a chip registry would generally only involve monitoring the activities of businesses, and in particular businesses outside the US. Also, the US government does already track some other potentially dangerous goods. For example, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission monitors some devices containing radioactive materials via an annual reporting requirement. Second, a reporting requirement, and especially a random chip inspection or mail-in program, would cost exporters time and money. For example, by tracking chip sales, collating and formatting this data, and sending it to BIS in a timely manner. We do not think these costs will be substantial. Major vendors typically use Product Lifecycle Management, PLM, software to track sales and distribution data for each product. As a result, exporters will already have the necessary data, though they do need to periodically retrieve the relevant records from the PLM database, format them appropriately, and send the formatted records to BIS. Parts of this process can be automated. We expect these activities to require about one full-time equivalent per exporting company. Third, a chip registry could contain bad or incomplete data if exporters and resellers sometimes fail to report chip sales, or give BIS wrong information. This could especially happen if the reporting requirement is not backed up by a random chip inspection, mail-in program and an effective response against entities that do not follow the requirement. In that case, exporters and resellers would have no incentive to report sales, beyond wanting to comply with US law. This highlights the need for a random chip inspection email in program. Fourth, managing a chip registry, and especially running a random chip inspection email in program, would likely require increasing BIS's budget. A conservative estimate of the costs of running both a chip registry and a random chip inspection mail in program would be about $10,000 to $12,000 annually. The major part of this is in hiring and training additional staff. We think the measures are worth the cost, and that is also why we recommend increasing BIS's budget, discussed in the following section. Subheading. Increasing BIS's budget. The other recommendations we present in this report either depend on BIS getting a larger budget, or would be strengthened by an increased BIS budget. As mentioned in the section on export enforcement, a key issue for effective export enforcement is that BIS is under-resourced. Allen and others, 2022, notes that, when adjusted for inflation, BIS's budget decreased somewhat between fiscal years 2020 and 2022, even as the scope of BIS's mission expanded in that time. While BIS did get a budget increase in FI 2023, a large portion, $36,000, of this increase was dedicated to a program unrelated to exports. Figure 4 shows that, when adjusted for inflation, BIS's budget for core activities, excluding the $36,000 program, has only been growing marginally since FI 2018. That growth is not commensurate with the growth in BIS's responsibilities, as BIS is now tasked with managing controls on advanced chips and associated semiconductor materials and equipment. At the same time, Many BIS resources are currently taken up with enforcing controls on Russia in the wake of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. BIS's total budget for FI 2023, $191,000, is smaller than that of the National Endowment for the Arts, $207,000, and about 0.5% of the funding allocated to advanced semiconductor production as part of the Chips and Science Act, roughly $37,000. Given the U.S.'s willingness to invest in research and development of advanced chips, 
it seems natural to spend far more modest sums to ensure those chips do not end up in the wrong hands. There's an image here in the text. Figure 4. BIS's budget for core activities. Core activities include export enforcement, export administration, and management and policy coordination, and excludes the $36,000 ICTS program introduced in FI 2023, since ICTS polices U.S. imports, not exports. The FI 2024 number assumes 5% inflation between FI 2023 and FI 2024, roughly in line with recent U.S. inflation figures. Compiled from BIS budget requests for FI 2024, FI 2023, FI 2022, FI 2021, and FI 2020, as well as Senate Bill S. 2321, for FI 2024. In addition to enabling some of the other recommendations made here, a budget increase would also allow BIS to carry out more analyses, inspections, investigations, and outreach with business and foreign government partners. Allow BIS to invest in machine learning and data analytics tools and or other modern export enforcement tools. We think a budget increase in the vicinity of $50,000 would substantially reduce the probability of large-scale AI chip smuggling happening, for example, by paying for some of the interventions mentioned here. For reference, Allen and others, 2022, proposed increasing BIS's budget by $44.6,000 annually in order to pay for new tools, analysts enforcement officers, and facilities. As discussed above, though the BIS budget was increased in FI 2023, see figure 4, most of the increase was to keep pace with inflation and for programs unrelated to exports. Subheading. Stronger due diligence requirements for chip exporters. The most precarious part of any large-scale AI chip smuggling operation is likely to be procurement, especially if it involves negotiating orders directly with chip makers like NVIDIA. As a way of ensuring that AI chip exporters carry out rigorous due diligence, BIS could add a new license requirement, with a presumption of approval, for certain high-performance AI chip exports, and as part of those licenses, mandate certain actions in the terms and conditions. To avoid excessively burdening BIS's license review personnel and private businesses, this license requirement could be targeted to apply only to a. Potential re-export countries. See summary table of potential re-export countries, and or, b, high-volume orders, for example, greater than 100 or greater than 1,000 chips. Actions that exporters, for example, NVIDIA, or its partners, could be required to take for these especially important transactions include making an inspection to the final end-user's facilities prior to and or after shipment. Inspections prior to shipments would allow exporters to better validate the end-user's bona fides by examining the end-user's facilities, equipment, and operational context. Inspections after shipments would do the same, and also confirm that the exported goods are being used as intended. Making sure sales are approved by personnel located in the U.S. This would increase the likelihood that export decisions are made by people who have a good understanding of U.S. export law. It would also reduce the risk of compromised local employees acting in a way that is not aligned with the interests of their employers, as happened to Berkshire Hathaway when a Turkish subsidiary sold goods to Iran. Contractual obliging end-users to get the appropriate license from BIS before reselling any of the exported chips. This would mean that resellers who fail to obtain the appropriate license would be violating not just extraterritorial U.S. export law but also breaching their contract with the vendor. 
that would expose these resellers to legal action in either a U.S. or foreign court, depending on the terms of the contract. Companies already often institute similar requirements for some exports, for example, as part of distributor-reseller agreements. These stricter screening requirements would place better checks on entities that could divert AI chips or resell AI chips to smugglers. The requirements would also not be too costly for BIS or businesses, if appropriately targeted and due to license requests coming with a presumption of approvals. Subheading Licensing requirement for AI chip exports to key third countries. In addition to, or instead of, using a license requirement to mandate due diligence actions from exporters, see above. BIS could add a license requirement reviewed on a case-by-case basis for high-performance AI chip exports to potential re-export countries. See summary table of potential re-export countries. Unlike license requirements with a presumption of approval or denial, requirements reviewed on a case-by-case basis involve BIS making a judgment about whether a license should be granted based on the details of the case. This requirement would, 1. Encourage exporters to perform extra due diligence for the highest risk exports, 2. Surface extra information to BIS about AI chip transactions to these countries, including the intended end user and end use, the nationalities of all parties involved, links to governments or militaries, the goods and quantities involved, and possibly more, 3. Give BIS the opportunity to check, and in some cases deny, exports to countries or entities where the risk of diversion is high, and, 4. Encourage potential re-export countries to improve or expand their enforcement activities, and to cooperate more closely with BIS. BIS is likely already considering expanding the AI chip license requirement to some additional countries. For example, according to an NVIDIA quarterly report published on August 28, 2023, the US government has informed NVIDIA that it intends to restrict a 100H100 sales destined to certain customers and regions other than China and Russia, including some countries in the Middle East. This change is reportedly being made to ensure that those chips are not diverted to China. BIS should also consider expanding the license requirement to further countries, such as those we highlight as potential re-export countries. Again, to avoid excessively burdening BIS's license review personnel and private businesses, this license requirement could be targeted to apply only to high-volume orders, for example, greater than 100 or greater than 1,000 chips. BIS could also require only a one-time license application and review for each end-user, allowing exports of unlimited quantities to the end-user once its bona fides have been verified. This would be similar to encryption licensing arrangements, which allow unlimited sales of encryption commodities, in some cases for specific end-users or users. Subheading. Interagency program to secure the AI supply chain. The U.S. government could start an interagency program responsible for securing the AI supply chain and preventing AI chips from being diverted from their intended end users and users. The program could be led by BIS and staffed with personnel from BIS as well as the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Central Intelligence Agency, the Department of Homeland Security, and or the State Department Nonproliferation and Disarmament Fund. The program's activities could include Monitoring the AI chip supply chain for diversions and other risks, such as critical shortages or supply chain attacks. Advising BIS, the Department of Commerce, and other U.S. departments and agencies on enforcement strategy. Helping BIS carry out AI chip-related pre-license checks. Helping BIS carry out investigations of possible AI chip-related export violations. 
though some amount of interagency cooperation is already happening, for example through the E2C2, the ITU within the OEA at BIS, and the Disruptive Technology Strike Force. See how the US typically enforces export controls. These efforts are not focused on AI chips, and are also relatively narrow in the range of activities they perform. A program focused on AI chip export enforcement would give BIS a clearer picture of how much AI chip diversion is happening, discover instances of diversion, and inform and improve future export control policy and activities. It would likely also be useful to have US export control agents and analysts gain specialized knowledge about the AI supply chain over a longer period of time. Subheading. End-user verification programs in Southeast Asia. BIS carried out about 1,000 end-use checks in 2021, about one-tenth of which were pre-licensed checks, verifying buyers' bona fides and the information given in the license application, and nine-tenths post-shipment verifications, verifying that goods were shipped and are being used as intended. Ideally BIS would be carrying out more checks, but its budget constraints make that hard to achieve. In order to increase the number of end-use checks being performed, especially for transactions involving AI chips, the US government could encourage potential re-export countries, see summary table of potential re-export countries, to implement their own end-user verification programs, ideally focused on AI chip diversion. These programs could be based on BIS's own enforcement activities and BIS personnel could help train export officers in these countries. The US could incentivize key Southeast Asian countries to implement such measures as part of a negotiated trade agreement, or by offering some other incentive. The Indo-Pacific Economic Framework, which aims in part to promote resilient and secure supply chains that are diverse, open, and predictable, could be one vehicle for this. However, this could be a slow process, as trade agreements can take years to negotiate. A related proposal, raised by Bilusova and others, 2023, in response to the smuggling of chips via third countries into Russia for use by the Russian military, is to use the threat of secondary sanctions, for example, cutting a country off from access to the US dollar and the US financial system, as an incentive for countries to improve or expand their enforcement activities. The US could also encourage end user verification programs outside Southeast Asia, for example, in South Asia and the Middle East. Additionally and more generally, BIS could more deeply cooperate with and support potential re-export countries by exchanging information, doing simulations and exercises, and otherwise helping them build export enforcement capacity, even if they do not implement their own end-user verification programs. Heading. Discussion. There will be strong incentives for China-linked actors to smuggle large quantities of AI chips into China in the coming years. If China-linked actors were to aim to do so, we think, with substantial uncertainty, they would have about a 1 in 5 chance of smuggling enough AI chips to supply at least one frontier AI lab. This would not only undermine the US chip export control regime, but also mean that any AI regulation enacted in the West may not cover all frontier AI systems. At minimum, this is a situation that seems worth monitoring, and we also think there are some actions, like creating a chip registry and increasing the BIS budget, that US policymakers should already consider taking now. The remainder of this section discusses this report's limitations and suggests avenues for further research. Subheading. Limitations. This report has several limitations. It focuses only on large-scale AI chip smuggling. This report analyzes the chances of large-scale AI chip smuggling and recommends ways of reducing those chances. It is possible that it will in the future be important to reduce smuggling further, to near zero, 
and or to combat smuggling of other chips. For example, with AI chips becoming more performant and new algorithms reducing the compute needed to train a model of a given capability level, it may in the future be possible to build models with dangerous capabilities using only a few AI chips, and or with large numbers of non-AI chips. If so, additional, perhaps stricter measures would need to be taken to curb smuggling than those outlined here. For example, it may be necessary to closely track the location of all AI chips, perhaps using features built into the hardware of those chips. A chip registry of the kind recommended above would also be a good and relatively lightweight first step towards such a regime. Alternatively, perhaps anyone being able to build a model with dangerous capabilities using only a few AI chips would mean that it is hopeless to try to regulate AI via compute stocks, and that we instead have to find different ways of limiting what actors get access to dangerous models. It focuses only on smuggling by re-exporting via third countries. Perhaps smugglers could set up shell or front companies directly in the US, use those to buy AI chips, and then transport those chips, labeled as products not subject to export controls, to China. That could work, but we think it is unlikely to be the most promising pathway for smugglers. That is because, 1. US Customs seems more likely to detect illegal shipments out of the country than custom officials in third countries are, 2. Makers of cutting-edge AI chips, all of whom are headquartered in the US, are better positioned to verify that a buyer is legitimate if the buyer is also located in the US, and, 3. BIS is better able to detect and investigate transactions involving only US companies. It is worth noting that, if BIS implements a chip registry, this, smuggling without exporting to any third country, would be a way to get around the registry, since the chips involved would never be officially exported, and thus never enter the registry. This could be addressed by BIS instituting a reporting requirement for all sales of controlled chips, not only exports, but we are unsure whether BIS has the authority to do that. It focuses only on smuggling via a single third country. The scenarios we discuss involve smugglers procuring controlled AI chips in a single third country, and then directly shipping them from there to China. In other contexts, smugglers sometimes ship goods through multiple third countries, as a way to gradually move goods to less secure countries. For example, if it were difficult to purchase AI chips directly in Southeast Asian countries, a smuggler could purchase AI chips in a European country, then, legally, re-export those chips to a Southeast Asian country and from there transport them to China. We tried to take these possibilities into account when forming our all-things-considered view, but we did not think about them deeply. There is limited public information about how procurement of AI chips works. Our main sources of information on AI chip procurement were informal sources like Pascal, 2023, and conversations with people who had experience working for AI chip makers or buying AI chips. We are still unsure about how negotiations with AI chipmakers and or OEMs work, to which degree OEMs tend to be involved, and how AI chipmakers decide whether or not to sell to a prospective buyer. There is limited public information about AI chipmakers' compliance activities. We are unsure about what information AI chipmakers request when negotiating directly with prospective buyers, what checks chipmakers carry out, and how rigorous those checks are. Smuggling, and to a lesser extent export law enforcement, is by nature secretive. Smugglers actively try to hide evidence of their activities, and actors involved in export enforcement do not want to share information that could be of use to smugglers. This is perhaps especially true for state-sponsored or endorsed smuggling activities. That means there is little publicly available information about these activities, 
and as a result this report's conclusions are based partly on abstract reasoning and conjecture. This is a rapidly developing situation. Major events that happened in the last year alone include the instituting of the October 7 export controls, and the releases by OpenAI of ChatGPT and GPT-4. These events have all affected the supply and demand of AI chips. We think it is likely that events of similar importance will happen in the next few years, too, affecting both China-linked actors' incentives to smuggle large volumes of AI chips, and the feasibility and methods of doing so. For example, demand could keep outstripping supply many years into the future, making it difficult to procure AI chips, especially when buying from distributors. We do not think we would substantially change any of our conclusions if we were to do significant further research on this topic now. However, those conclusions, and especially the quantitative estimates presented here, are still uncertain due to the complex dynamics involved and the lack of public information on AI chip smuggling and might warrant updating in the future once we see what events unfold and what new information comes to light. Subheading. Further research. Ideas that are underexplored in this report and could be usefully further investigated include. Here's a list of bullet points. AI chip smuggling into countries other than China. This report only concerns AI chip smuggling into China. That is because China is arguably the second most advanced country when it comes to AI and because China cannot import cutting-edge AI chips, creating a strong incentive to smuggle AI chips there. In the future, it could also become important to investigate smuggling into countries other than China. For example, those other countries could gain the ability to train models with dangerous capabilities, due to algorithmic progress and hardware performance improvements reducing the number of AI chips needed to train such models and or due to those countries gaining more and better AI researchers and or allocating more funding to AI research. Smuggling of AI chips other than NVIDIA GPUs. Though we provide an all-things-considered view on how many AI chips may be smuggled into China in general, we only do explicit back-of-the-envelope estimates of scenarios involving NVIDIA GPUs in particular. Future research could look more closely at key differences between NVIDIA and other important AI chipmakers and explicitly estimate smuggling quantities also for AI chips designed by companies other than NVIDIA. Smuggling in worlds with many state-of-the-art AI chip makers. In a similar vein, future research could also more thoroughly analyze what smuggling could look like in worlds where there are many firms making cutting-edge AI chips, and not only NVIDIA. We think it is plausible that other chip designers will catch up to NVIDIA in the next five years. The types of actors that would be involved in smuggling. This report does not deeply explore what types of actors would be involved in large-scale smuggling, or to what degree governments would be involved, if at all. Further research could try to answer those questions, and reason about how those answers should affect our inferences about how and when smuggling would happen, and about how many chips would be smuggled. Relevant political and personal dynamics within the Chinese party state. This report does not explore the impact of political and personal factors in China on weather and when China-linked actors would aim for large-scale AI chip smuggling, focusing instead on broad incentives. However, we think such dynamics could substantially alter Chinese actors' attitudes towards AI chip smuggling, and could therefore be worth researching. The pros, cons, and best approaches to the recommendations made in this report. This applies especially for the more tentative recommendations. On due diligence, expanding licensing requirements, an interagency program and encouraging end-user verification programs in Southeast Asia. 
We are particularly interested to hear what people in or close to policy think is more promising, and are open to further investigating any of these. Additional interventions beyond those recommended in this report. These interventions were chosen after considering about 10 possible measures at a high level. However, there could be further promising interventions that we have not yet thought of, and some of the interventions we did consider but chose not to recommend in this report could still warrant further investigation. That's the end of the list. Audio note, this text contains two appendices, with detailed calculations for the estimates made in this paper, and a link to the code used. These have been omitted from the narration. Heading. Acknowledgements. This report is a project of the Institute for AI Policy and Strategy. It was primarily written and researched by Eric Grunewald, with some guidance and contributions from Michael Aird. Thanks to Onian for additional guidance, Emily Benson, Asha Brass, Sean E.E., Carson Elmgren, Tim Fist, Oliver Guest, Leonard Heim, Patrick Levermore, Alex Lintz, Don Pierce, Constantine Pills, Fiona Pollock, William Range and others for their helpful feedback, many others for sharing their expertise in interviews, and Adam Papineau for copy editing.